0: We're almost done with our study of this great book, only two sermons to go. And then on September 9th, we'll begin our uh, next sermon series on Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, and I expect that'll take us all the way through 2019 and into 2020. Following this morning's sermon, uh, somebody just laughed, like they thought that was a joke. (laughs) It was not a joke. (laughs) Uh, So following this morning's sermon, all that's going to be left is Solomon's conclusion of the book. The main text, the main text of Ecclesiastes ends today. And it ends with chapter 12, verse 8, which is the same phrase it started with in chapter 1, verse 2. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher, all is vanity." All of life, he has said this over and over again, all of life under the sun is vanity. Which literally means mist. All of life under the sun is a mist. Life cannot be grasped. Life cannot be controlled. Life cannot be predicted. Life Cannot be counted on as a reliable source of satisfaction or contentment or peace or happiness. It's what he means when he says over and over again vanity of vanities, all of life under the sun is vanity. Now, way back in chapter 1, when Solomon first made that statement that all of life is vanity, and it was a sweeping statement. It sounded like sort of ungrounded hyperbole, like an exaggeration. That can't possibly be true, that all of life under the sun is vanity. But here, I think, at the very end of his book, thousands of words Later, and after honest examination, his judgment, I think, has been justified. It's true. All of life is vanity. That is from Solomon a dose of reality. If you are looking for happiness and rest in this life apart from God, you will not find it. If you're looking for peace and contentment and satisfaction in this life, apart from God, you will not find it because that's the point he's making. All of life is vanity. You might find something superficial. You might find something temporal, but it will be a house of cards. And it is only a matter of time before it comes crashing down. The happiness and the peace will turn to despair and restlessness. It's only a matter of time. And so that's been Solomon's commentary on the nature of this life on this planet that we all find ourselves in. But that's not all this book is. And if you've been here for the series, you know that that's not all that he says That's not his entire message. This book is not just a description. It is also a prescription. And the prescription is this. Enjoy your life as a gift from God. So the description is all of life is vanity. That's true. We can't escape that. But then the prescription sort of surprisingly is enjoy that vain life. Enjoy your life as a gift from God. So let me put all this together. Here's the main message of Ecclesiastes. And I've said this before. But we'll say it again now. Life is vanity. But God is sovereign over all things. And in this vain life, he gives his children gifts And the power to enjoy them. I'll say that one more time. Life is vanity. But God is sovereign over all things. And in this vain life, he gives his children gifts and he gives his children the power to enjoy those gifts. So most recently in chapter 8, verse 16 through chapter 11, verse 6, Solomon has helped us to identify many of the gifts that God has given us in this vain life, like food, like wine, like children, like your spouse, like work. These are gifts that God has given his children. And if you're one of his children, he has given you the power to enjoy those gifts in this life, which is a mess. Which is vanity. So this morning. In these final verses, more of the same thing. But Solomon will give us the charge differently. And he'll do it like this. Rejoice and remember. That's the practical formula in the text today. He's going to call us to rejoice and remember. We'll find out what he means. But first, before I preach this sermon, we should pray together. Will you please bow your heads with me? Father in heaven, we ask that you would send your Holy Spirit To help us to understand your word. To increase our love and affection for you. Our devotion to you. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Open your Bibles to Ecclesiastes chapter 11. If you're using one of our church Bibles. Which if you don't own a Bible. You're free to take that with you. You'll find today's text on page 359. Ecclesiastes 11. On page 359. Let's begin with verses 7 and 8. Of Ecclesiastes chapter 11. He says. Light is sweet. And it is pleasant for the eyes to see the sun. So if a person lives many years. Let him rejoice in them all. Rejoice. Rejoice. In them all. Enjoy each day that God has given you. Enjoy each day that God has given you. That is what Solomon is saying here. Every day that you have is a gift from God. You wouldn't have yesterday. You wouldn't have today. You wouldn't have tomorrow if it wasn't given to you by God. And that is how you should think of every day, as a gift from God. Ecclesiastes 5.18 Behold, what I have seen to be good and fitting is to eat and drink and find enjoyment and all the toil with which one toils under the sun, the few days of his life that God has given him, for this is his lot. Your days are a gift from God. Ecclesiastes 8.15 And I command joy, for man has nothing better under the sun but to eat and drink and be joyful. For this will go with him in his toil through the days of his life that God has given him under the sun. So every day you have is a gift from God. Not just the good days. Not just the days that feel like a gift. Every day that you have is a gift from God. Enjoy it. Rejoice in them all, Solomon says. If a person lives many years, he says, let him rejoice in them all. Seize the day. Gather ye rosebuds while ye may seize every single moment master ugwe said this yesterday is history tomorrow is a mystery and today is a gift that's why they call it present so for those of you who are task oriented If you are task oriented, if you are goal oriented, then this will most likely mean the difficult task for you of slowing down. The difficult task of slowing down and soaking in every moment of every day. Your tendency is to be moving so much and so fast that to be checking so many things off the list and thinking about what you're going to do after this and then after that and then after this, that it's difficult for you. And you've probably even had friends tell you, slow down, slow down, relax. Soak it in. You're missing the moments that God is giving you right now. It will mean engaging with the people and the events that are right in front of you. You've heard the expression, wherever you are, be there. And some of you have a real difficult time with that. You're always thinking about what's next. You're always thinking about what's around the corner. And you have a difficult time sort of unplugging. And slowing down and engaging with whoever or whatever is in front of you. And not only engaging, but what Solomon is saying, enjoying it. These days go by fast. These moments go by fast. They are a gift from God. We've said this over and over. What are you supposed to do with gifts? Enjoy them. Rejoice in them all. For those of you, there may be another kind of struggle with this. For those of you who are discontent, for those of you who struggle with being discontentment, or you're struggling right now with being discontent, you will be tempted to spend all your time looking forward to something you perceive as better and not enjoying right now. You might be Consistently discontent. You're always looking forward to the end of work. You're looking forward to the end of school. You're looking forward to the weekend. You're looking forward to the vacation. You're looking forward to retirement. What are you doing? You're always looking forward to something that you think is going to be better than now. So the danger in that is that you fail to enjoy now. You miss the moments now. You neglect the gift that God has given you and put right in front of you. So all that looking forward can actually be a form of ingratitude. Rejoice in them all, the professor says. Enjoy each day that God has given you. Okay, here's the second half of verse 8. But let him remember that the days of darkness will be many. All that comes is vanity. How many shocking statements have there been in this book? He is shockingly realistic. He really means it when he says, enjoy every day. Focus on the moment. It's a gift from God. And he really means it when he says, don't forget that there's a lot of dark days coming. It's both and. Rejoice and remember. He'll put those before us over and over again. Rejoice and remember. Rejoice in them all. But, what did he say? Remember, this is the first thing, that the days of darkness will be many. This word remember means consider. It means to keep in mind. So rejoice, Solomon tells us. But while we rejoice, we must keep in mind that many dark days are on their way. So be realistically rejoicing. We'll have to keep reading to find out what these days of darkness are. But for now, the author would have us know that there's going to be many of them. And we ought to remember that to keep that in mind while we enjoy each day as a gift from God. Remember these days of darkness that are coming. And we'll see what those are soon. Let's finish chapter 11, verse 9. Rejoice, there it is again. Rejoice, O young man, in your youth, and let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart and the sight of your eyes. So rejoice. Solomon says again, but now he is zeroing in on specific people. Be joyful, O young man, in your youth. So while these words are obviously good for everyone, this section of Ecclesiastes at the end here is primarily aimed at who? At young people. Like the entire book of Proverbs, which Solomon also writes. So he has a specific aim here it's for everyone. But his specific target is young people. We have lots of young people here. This is is good for us to come to this text. We have young people and we have old people. But who are the young people? Who are the young people here today? I say all those who are 41 and under. That's just my answer. When Solomon... Why? Why 41? When Solomon says, young man, in your youth, rejoice and let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Here's what he means. And this is going to become very clear in chapter 12. But but here's what he's saying. And some of you will relate to this. I mean, this is a, this is, again, a realistic old man who's writing this book. This means... Enjoy the days when everything is working the way it should. That's what he means. Enjoy the days when everything is working the way it should, which is also a clue as to what the days of darkness are. We'll see that in chapter 12. Enjoy the days when everything is working the way it should. Now, a minute ago when I first read that, okay, you young people heard a lot of old people laugh. And you heard a lot of old people laugh because they totally understand this. I was laughing when I read this. If you're here and you're young, there will come a day when you're not as strong as you are now. There will come a day when you are not as strong, when you won't have as much energy, when you won't be as fast. There will come a day when things that come easy now will become very difficult, like getting out of bed. I think I'm in pretty good shape for 41. I do. I'm I'm very blessed. I'm, I'm thankful for that. But I experience this quite a bit. Things that are not as easy for me as they used to be. Once in a while, I have some back problems just out of nowhere from like drinking a cup of coffee or something, you know, (laughs) like that. Something tweaks and twists and, and I'm in pain for the day. And there's many mornings where, and young people don't understand this, but there's many mornings where the first thought that comes into my head while I'm in my bed is, Okay, how am I going to do this? That's a strange thought to have in your bed. And sometimes it's rolling over on my stomach and kind of turning my body and then hanging my knees over and on my knees first and then slowly standing up. What is Solomon saying? To all of us, to young people now specifically, those days are coming. The days are coming when everything is not going to work the way that it should. Let me try to illustrate this for you if it's not totally clear. In our family, we have two Chevrolet Suburbans. And we have an old Chevrolet Suburban. And we have a young Chevrolet Suburban. When I get into the young Suburban, my wife's Suburban. When I get into the young Suburban, I don't check to make sure that there are jumper cables and zip ties and oil and coolant in the back of the car. I'm not worried about that because the young suburban works the way it should. When I get into my suburban, I have a checklist of things I need to make sure are there. If we're taking a trip into the mountains, which suburban do we take? We take the young suburban. When you are young... Your mind and your body is all working the way it should. And there comes a point where there are so many miles on the engine that parts start going out. That is reality. And Solomon's practical advice, listen, his practical advice is enjoy the days before the parts start going out. That's what he's saying. In verse 10, he says the same kind of thing. Remove vexation from your heart and put away pain from your body for youth and the dawn, the beginning of life, are vanity. He's saying youth is fleeting. Things won't always work the way they should. Enjoy, enjoy every day. I skipped over the last half of verse nine. Rejoice, O young man, in your youth and let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart and the sight of your eyes. But there's another but here, the second half of verse nine. But know, which is another word for remember. So he's saying rejoice and remember again. But know that for all these things, God will bring you into judgment. In other words. As you enjoy the days that God has given you, enjoy them in a way that honors God. Because you will be, and this is true for everyone, brought into judgment for everything that you have done. And there is a way to enjoy your life that honors God. And there's a way to enjoy your life that dishonors God. So let me summarize everything he said so far at the end of chapter 11. Rejoice and remember. Enjoy every day as a gift from God. Rejoice and But remember, number one, the days of darkness are coming. And number two, the days of judgment are coming. Now, let's take that call to rejoice and remember into chapter 12. There's one more thing, and we'll find it in verse one. There's one more thing that Solomon would like us to remember in all our rejoicing. Remember, the days of darkness are coming. Remember the days of judgment are coming. And now one more thing. Verse 1. Remember also your Creator in the days of your youth. Remember your Creator. This is the last one for a reason. This is most important. Remember your Creator. Remember God. This title creator brings to mind that he is the source of all of life. You are here because of God. You have what you have because of God. He is where every gift you have has come from. Remember also your creator in the days of your youth before the evil days come. And the years draw near of which you will say, I have no pleasure in them. And then what follows in verses two through seven is a description of those days. It's a description of the evil days that are coming. And the years that are drawing near. And the evil days. And the years drawing near of 12 verse 1 are the same as the days of darkness in 11 verse 8. So we'll read the description, but let me tell you up front what these verses, verses 2 through 7 are describing. And you may already be ahead of me. Old age and death. That's what's described in the coming verses. Old age and death. The days of darkness and the evil days coming and the years drawing near are the days of old age and death. So here is what Solomon is saying in chapter 12, verse one. Remember your creator before old age and death overtake you. It's an interesting message. I was struck by this. I thought a lot this week about. What Solomon had to say, and I thought a lot this week about old age. And death. He's saying here, remember, specifically to young people. Young people enjoy every day. Rejoice. And remember your Creator. Do not forget God. Enjoy every day and remember your Creator before old age, the days of darkness, and death, the day of judgment, overtake you. Now let's pause before we move on to the rest of these verses. I want to take a brief detour and take you to a few scriptures that show us how important it is to remember who God is and what he has done. So this is three times in just a few verses that Solomon has charged us, remember, remember, remember. And I want to show you that in the Bible, this is something that God is always telling his people. Old Testament to New Testament, remember, remember, remember. Or negatively put, don't forget, don't forget, don't forget. So first of all, ever since the fall in Genesis chapter 3, it has not come naturally for us to remember God. We are naturally not prone to remember God. We are naturally prone to get doing our thing and to forget God. We need reminders. We need, here's the importance of these things, we need regular devotions, we need public and private worship, we need family worship and prayer, we need fellowship with other believers, we need the Lord's Supper. We need all of these things to help us remember, to remind us of who God is and what He has done for us, because if we don't, we'll forget We need anchor points in our life, times and places and traditions that keep us from forgetting our creator. So know that you're prone to that. So let me give you some of these verses. God came to his people in Exodus, his people, Israel, after rescuing them from Egypt. And he said, you're going to have a feast now every year and this feast will be called the passover feast and you're going to do it once a year and you're going to do it once a year so that you don't forget what i've done for you in saving you from slavery in egypt exodus 12:14 this day shall be for you a memorial day and you shall keep it as a feast to the lord Throughout your generations, as a statute forever, you shall keep it as a feast, a memorial to remember. Then, after God had brought his people into the land that he had promised them, he warned them. Now that you've gotten through this period of struggling and you're going to have some things that you didn't have before and some things are going to come easier than they did before and you're going to be blessed in ways that you haven't been blessed before. He warned them, don't forget God. Deuteronomy eight, verse two, and you shall remember God. The whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. Verse 17, beware, lest you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God. For it is he who gives you power to get wealth. That he may confirm his covenant. That he swore to your fathers as it is this day. And. If you forget. The Lord your God. And go after other gods. And serve them. And worship them. I solemnly warn you today. That you shall surely perish. Do not forget the Lord. God is saying. And he doesn't just mean. That. He becomes absent from your mind or you forget that God exists. To remember God is to be in relationship with God, to be worshiping God, to be depending on God, to be trusting God. Don't forget. Later, God told Joshua. To set aside twelve stones, one representative of each tribe in Israel, And those 12 stones were to be a reminder of God's faithfulness. Joshua 4, 5. And Joshua said to them, Pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel, that this may be a sign among you. When your children ask in time to come, what do these stones mean to you? Then... You shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it passed over the Jordan the waters of the Jordan were cut off so these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever later samuel did the same thing in first samuel 7:12 then samuel took a stone And set it up between Mizpah and Sheon and called its name Ebenezer, for he said, Till now the Lord has helped us. And then finally, in the New Testament, the night before he was crucified, Jesus himself urged his followers to remember him in this way, and we do it to this day. Every Lord's day. Luke 22 19. And he took bread. And when he had given them thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this, what? In remembrance of me. I'm prone to forget God. You're prone to forget God. You can forget Him for minutes, you can forget Him for hours, you can forget Him for days. God forbid, you can forget him for years. And so Solomon here, and the Bible elsewhere, encourages us, as you're enjoying the gifts that God has given you, do not detach those gifts from the giver. Remember God. Remember your Creator. You have what you have because He is sovereign over all things. And he gives his people gifts to enjoy and the power to enjoy them. Remember your creator. So let's get back to our text. In chapter 12. We're going to look at verses 2 through 7. This is. A poetic description. Of old age and death. I don't know if you knew that's what it was. When we were reading it. It's a poetic description. Of old age and death. It is told in the form of. An allegory. Where an aging. And deteriorating house. Is picturing. An aging and deteriorating body. That's what Solomon is talking about. As he writes this. As he writes this remember. As an old man who's watching his body age and deteriorate like an old house. So let me read these verses. I'll go back to one. We'll read verses one through seven. And I'll just pause briefly throughout and try to connect the house pictures to the the bodily realities. And most of you will have seen these or be familiar with these. Remember also your creator in the days of your youth. Before, and he's saying here before old age overtakes you, before the evil days come and the years draw near of which you will say, I have no pleasure in them. Before, verse two, the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened and the clouds return after the rain. For the old man, there comes a day when it is just one physical setback after another. Some of you are experiencing this. Some of you have seen this. I'm thinking of my dad. I'm thinking of my poor mom just years ago before she died. And there would be clouds and then the clouds would disappear and then there would be rain. Just one setback after another. When are things going to turn? When are things going to change? And when are things going to get better? But there comes a time, there comes a time where things are not going to get better. And it's one difficult cloud after another. That's hard. But he never pulls punches. In the day, verse 3, when the keepers of the house tremble, the old man's arms and hands, what? They tremble, they shake. And the strong men are bent. The old man is hunched over. And the grinders, or teeth, the grinders cease because they are few. The old man has lost his teeth. His body is aging, it's deteriorating, it's breaking down like an old house. And those who look through the windows, Are dimmed. The old man's eyes begin to lose sight. See spots. Things are clouded. Things are blurry. What he used to enjoy with his eyes, he can't enjoy with his eyes anymore. And the doors on the street are shut. In Job chapter 41, verse 14. The doors are representative of of a mouth. The old man has lost his teeth. And his lips close into his mouth. When the sound of the grinding is low. At some point only soft foods can be eaten. So the sound of the chewing the sound of the grinding it's quiet. It's low. And all the daughters of song are brought low. For the old man, it is difficult to sing and to enjoy music. All the senses, do you see that, are becoming dulled. They're all breaking down. They're all deteriorating. Verse five, they are afraid also of what is high. He used to fly up those stairs. He can't anymore. He had confidence on that ledge. He no longer has confidence on that ledge. He knows if he falls, how terrible it would be for him. So there's a new fear. A fear of stumbling. A fear of heights. And terrors are in the way. The almond tree blossoms. Well, if you haven't seen an almond tree blossom you can probably guess what it looks like. We have one in our yard. White flowers. His hair turns white. The grasshopper drags itself along. And desire fails. Because man is going to his eternal home. And the mourners go about the streets. And then verse 6, before, and now this is before death overtakes you. Before all of that is before this. The silver cord is snapped. Or the golden bowl is broken. Or the pitcher is shattered at the fountain. Or the wheel broken at the cistern. These vessels that once held water, that once held life, can't hold life anymore. The body eventually is completely broken. Verse 7, and the dust returns to the earth as it was. And the spirit returns to God who gave it. I read that this week. And on one hand, this is tragic to watch and to see it as the result of sin, ultimately, and as the result of the fall. And in another sense, I thought this was a beautiful, poetic description of those realities. That we all face. That we all see. I was thinking about this and how and why God does the things that he does. Why do we grow old? Why do we die? Why does it work this way? Of course, we know we're cursed and it's the result of sin. But God has control over all of that. Everything that happens is a part of God's plan. Solomon has affirmed that over and over and over again. So why? Why this plan? I mean, here's how it works. As you grow up. okay, kids, as you grow up, you can't yet do all. All that your body is going to be able to do, but there will come a day where you can do everything and anything that an earthly body is able to do. That day is going to come. And then, think about life, and then all of us, you will slowly lose all of those abilities. So you'll get to a you'll grow and mature and get to a point where you have all the abilities an earthly body can have. And then, I, I think I'm past that point now. I'm on the losing side. But then, you begin to slowly, quickly lose every single one of those abilities. And then, you die. And then, you receive a new heavenly body. With new and better And greater capacities and abilities. And that results in gratitude. What happens when you have something. And you lose it. And you get it back even better. Ask Job. Ask anyone who has been bound up after being broken. Gratitude. Gratitude happens. And when gratitude happens, God is glorified. Gratitude in you, glory in God. In conclusion, Young people, again. Enjoy each day. Rejoice and remember your Creator now. Before old age and death overtake you. Old people. What if you're here today and old age has already overtaken you? Or what if you're here today and old age is already overtaking you. In other words, the days of Ecclesiastes 12, 1 through 7 are upon you. And when we read through those verses and I read that description, it was very personal for you. Then you understood what Solomon was talking about. Because you've experienced some or all of the things that Solomon was talking about. Well, if you're here this morning and you are old, and you lived in this way when you were younger. You lived and you remembered your creator. You loved God and you served God. If, if you're here and you are old and you lived that way when you were younger, then you're probably today a certain kind of old person. Because you've loved and served God, you're a certain kind of old person. The kind of old person I believe Solomon was. You're kind. You're gracious. You're patient. And you are a model to the rest of us. Thank you. If you're here, and old age has already overtaken you, and you didn't live this way, It may, not, it may not be too late to remember your Creator before death overtakes you. Maybe old age has begun to overtake you, but death has not overtaken you if you're here. So it is not too late to remember your Creator. My encouragement would be Do not let the silver cord snap. Do not let the pitcher shatter before you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you for saving Solomon and forgiving him this work to do in writing out wisdom for us and practical advice on how to live in this life which is vanity. God, we're thankful for His realistic approach. We're thankful, God, that we're not left at the end of His charges wondering if He can even relate to us or even knows what we're going through or had blinders on, but that we... Read him and understand him to be a man who really did understand all the pitfalls in this life, all the tragedies in this life, and the difficulty of this life. And yet, God, he comes to us and commands us in your name to enjoy this life as a gift from you. So God, help us. Because we often are faithless and we often do not believe the gospel and we often forget you and forget your word. So will you remind us, remind us through our church family here, through our worship together, through our devotions, through communion. In all the ways that you do, God, remind us and help us. We pray in Jesus name. Amen.